This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Cultivating Convos, the Ohio Department of Agriculture's weekly podcast. I am one of your hosts, Shelby Croft. With me, as always, is Megan Harshberger. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Another a very important topic that we are going to discuss, um, ride safety in the state of Ohio and Tyler's Law. So, uh, to talk with us a little bit more about this, we're going to bring in the chief of the Division of Amusement Ride Safety, Dave Myron, and also um, one of our ride inspectors, Ron Dean. Thank you guys both for being here with us today. Howdy. Thanks for having us. <laughs> All right. Now, you know, I go to fairs and festivals and I just want to eat some fried food and that sort of thing. But... We also know the other component is rides, and not just at fairs and festivals. I mean, these are rides across the state. So, uh, Dave, why don't you just start and just kind of tell our audience uh, what uh, Amusement Ride Safety Division does uh, when it when it comes to inspecting the rides? Absolutely. So, the the division and, and our inspectors are responsible for ensuring that all rides that are set up in the state of Ohio like you said, whether they're at Cedar Point or Kings Island, the permanent parks or at the fairs are uh, set up properly. They're meeting the manufacturer's uh, specifications. Uh, the, the operators know exactly how to operate those rides. And frankly, they, they're there to ensure that the rides are operating safely. So Ron, you're one of our inspectors. Um, we're talking about inspecting rides that range from Kitty to you know Cedar Point roller coaster, correct? Yes. So talk to me a little bit about how busy you guys are, especially, you know, with fair season. You, you guys are doing everything. Yeah. So our season really kind of kicks off in the month of March. Um, we generally start getting into the amusement parks around that time. Um, the amusement parks and some of the bigger rides, it's a bit of a progressive inspection process. So um, there's multiple steps until we get to the end goal of, you know, being satisfied that the ride's compliant and we're able to license it. Um, and then as the spring rolls in, we have the portable ride companies that start coming out. You have little street festivals that may be going on. Um, and then obviously we just recently had our first uh, ag fair that kicks off. And now we're kind of getting into the really, really busy time uh, with all the fairs, the nice weather. Um, so it's, it's really all hands on deck at this point. Mm hmm. So those are the basics of what you guys do. But we know this year is, is a little different than last year. Last year, our, our our fair season was obviously altered due to COVID, but it is it is back this year and everything is on, which is great to see. We're so happy about that. But also what happened in that time was Tyler's law took effect. And we know that that changes um, some of the inspections and how how you actually inspect when you get out there, Ron. So why don't you kind of walk us through what those changes are? Yeah, sure. Uh, so with the addition of Tyler's Law, um, what this does was it really just added another layer uh, into our inspection process. So outside of what we would physically uh, you know, look for when we're going through a ride, 
Um, now Tyler's law requires ride owners to perform a comprehensive uh, visual inspection, uh, trying to identify areas of corrosion on the ride um, outside of what the manufacturer may normally ask them to look at. Um, this has been a, a bit of a hurdle for a lot of us uh, due to the nature of it. Um, there's a process that has to happen and us just trying to communicate with the ride owners um, what they need to be doing. Um, there is a confusion out there that it's what we're looking for, but it's really what they should be looking for. So for a lot of this is just trying to bridge that communication gap and make sure they understand completely uh, what they need to be doing. And then when it comes to the documentation of any findings, um, just verifying that uh, any issues or concerns were addressed via either the manufacturer or a certified engineer, because those are at this point the only two people that are, uh, we will accept any kind of repair criteria uh, or acceptance criteria from. Honestly, I think ride, as you said, safety is the number one concern. So what we're looking for is, as Ron indicated, those areas of fatigue and corrosion. And I think from a ride goer perspective, what you'll see is you'll see a, just as you know, the vast majority of the rides have always been, it's a safe, uh, safe ride that the, the just an excellent ride experience and and just have and be able to enjoy the fair as as they should. Yes, everyone likes to enjoy a fair. You know, Ron, I have a question about. I mean, you've been doing this a long time, and obviously, there you know what you're looking for, and you know what certain things indicate. But you see the outside. Is it tough that that you don't see the inside? So a lot of this inspection process, uh, the criteria is we're, we're not determining what uh, process is used. There's a lot of different inspection processes. So obviously us as the inspectors for the state, we're primarily using our eyes. OK, we're looking at what we can see, components we can see or touch. Um, in some cases, depending on this process uh, with Tyler's Law now, some of the manufacturers, some of the engineers have also incorporated uh, a UT test, which is basically uh, doing an x-ray of the metals to determine uh, the thickness of it, because maybe it's a piece of a box uh, tubing that you can't see in. Um, there's bore scopes where you can actually put them down inside open tubes uh, to see what uh, the material looks like in there. So this, again, goes in line with the manufacturer and the engineers. They're ultimately going to be the ones that determine what is going to be the best inspection process to be used, uh, depending on the type of component. Um, because like you said, there are areas just because of how the ride is built that um, visually you just cannot see at all. This might be for for both of you guys, but would you say mostly everybody has been cooperative and, and compliant with, with what we've had to do? I think that, you know, with anything, change is hard. Um, and so what we've been really trying to do is just, as, as Ron was kind of indicating earlier, is communications key. So we've been trying to get ahead of it and putting out some informational um, and educational resources. Megan, the, the YouTube video that you said is another example of just how we're communicating. And so we want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity and the information and the resources available to them so that they can make this transition as smooth as possible. Is it going to be, uh, are there going to be bumps in the road for particular rides? 
yes, we understand that. But for the vast majority of it, it's been pretty great. Uh, manufacturers in a lot of situations have complied and complied very quickly for some of these ride owners. As well. Just to, to add to that uh, from the inspector's uh, standpoint of the feedback we've been getting out in the field, um, we've actually are to a point, you know, the word is out definitely. We are actually uh, fielding phone calls. Manufacturers are actually contacting us directly, um, you know, asking exactly what <laughs> we're looking for, what we need to see uh, to make the rides compliant. Um, and satisfy obviously their customers' needs. Um, same with engineers. We've had engineers call us, um, just trying to make sure they understand uh, clearly what needs to happen in um, the process in that. Um, and even the ride owners. I actually just took a, a phone call from a third party company that Ohio companies uh, gonna utilize to perform these inspections. So the word is out. Um, I think encouraging folks to that YouTube video is a very good uh, information base because there, that video actually did show a lot of Bulls professional engineers have turned around some mitigation tactics very quickly. So um, with any new thing, it, there's going to be some challenges, but I think uh, we're going uh, very smooth and fast and and ready for the sunny uh, fair season. That's great. Glad to hear it. From almost, I don't want to say a worst case scenario uh, involving the engineer, but uh, the repair process and the steps that have to be taken. Um, if there's one thing that us as the inspectors are trying to sell out there to these people is it's one thing to find it, but there's a process that still has to happen uh, in order for us to accept these documents as they obtain them. Um, and that is manufacturer first. And if the manufacturer isn't available, then you have to utilize an engineer. Those are the only two key people uh, that we'll accept any kind of uh, documentation from. All right. Thanks for explaining that, Ron. We appreciate it. And uh, I really think that probably wraps it up. You guys have done a really good job of, of explaining these changes. And, you know, I, I think that this is uh, really good so that people out there know we, we take a lot of steps. We take a lot of measures to make sure the kids and families are safe on these rides. Our pleasure. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ron. Thank everyone out there for listening. And we will see you back here next week on Cultivating Convos. Toodaloo. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed. And like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.